You never know. I can practically smell the hush puppies, feel the wooden chair, and see the brownish water glasses slightly sliding across the table when I hear these three words. Now, to most of you, those words mean nothing, so let me explain. Our church has a monthly men's fellowship at a fish restaurant in Burlington. A few years ago, one of the men in our church was giving a devotional on the life of Moses and how God had graciously used Moses despite even his murder of an Egyptian. To which he added, Now I know none of us have ever killed anyone. That logical caveat gave way to an older saint absolutely stone-faced saying, Well, you never know. Those few words have been referenced and become infamous among a few of us since that moment. Now knowing the man who said it adds to the legend and the humor of it because it captures him so well. And yet I've actually begun to realize that there was a lot of truth in that comment. While none of us may have never pulled the trigger, the truth is that you never know how many of us have actually broken the sixth commandment. Better said, you never know how deeply we may have violated the sixth commandment. I think it's helpful to understand this commandment, which is, thou shalt not kill, in terms of a ladder. On a ladder, there are many rungs that lead to the top of it. You cannot go past the final step on the ladder without falling off of it, but you cannot climb to the top unless you take every step on the way up. If we think of it like that, murder is the final step on the ladder of this commandment. You cannot do wrong to your neighbor in any in a way any worse than by killing them. Remember that the final six commandments show us how we are to love our neighbor. And the final five show us how we are to love our neighbor by showing us the ways that we do not love our neighbor. It begins with the ultimate, most extreme act of not loving your neighbor, murder. So in this episode, we're going to start at the top of the ladder, if you will, and then we're going to climb down. We're going to start at the top, seeing what the most extreme violation of this command is about, murder. Then we're going to go down to Matthew 6 to see the heart steps of this commandment. And finally, we will get off of the ladder by seeing how we can obey the negative aspect of this commandment by positively loving our neighbor. So let's start at the top with murder. Thou shalt not kill. This is what the sixth commandment simply is. There's no caveat given, and it shouldn't have to be. Murder is absolutely and always wrong. Yet, a question we might need to ask is, why is it wrong and why do we believe it's wrong? If I came up to any one of you and asked, is murder wrong? You're going to say yes. And if you don't, you might have some other issues going on there. Yet, we may wonder, what is the reason for its wrongness? Why do we believe that it is wrong? This is a good question to ask. Is it just because that's how the world works or that it makes good sense? Is that all the biblical ethic for prohibiting murder is about? Kevin Young pointed this out, and he pointed out that something deeper and better is going on in this commandment when he said, no matter people's wraith or ethnicity, how they vote, their health or disabilities, their age or infirmities, or whether they are bothersome to others, every person has inherent worth and dignity, since each one is created to represent God. Biblical anthropology allows for the sixth commandment to be based on something deeper than utilitarianism and something better than good practical advice, end quote. Every human being is created 
in the image of God. And that is why murder is fundamentally biblically wrong. We don't make the rules. You don't get to decide whether or not a person's life is worth saving or taking because God has already decided. Their status in the world or state of life doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they are in the womb, on the playground, or on life support. God prohibits us taking life and death into our hands and saying, I'm going to take your life, whatever that may look like. God has already put the value upon each and every human life from birth unto death when he created them in his image. Murder is wrong because it takes the life of an image bearer of God. And also, murder is wrong because when we take a life in that way, we are essentially taking the role that only God possesses. Because God is the one who has numbered our days. God is the one who has the power and the power alone to give life. Therefore, God is the only one who has the right to take life. And when we kill, when we murder, when anybody does that, they are essentially taking a place that only God holds. They're playing God. That's why murder is wrong. Now, when we talk about this, we also come to a complex reality that there are such things as capital punishment, just war, and self-defense when life is taken. Now, how do we reconcile this with the Sixth Commandment? Does that mean all of those are wrong? Does that mean if somebody breaks into your house with a gun that you should not defend yourself? That's not what it means. You see, there is a difference between the killing this reverse refers to and the taking of human life that may occur through those avenues. God ordained capital punishment after the flood. There were commands in the Mosaic Law that necessitated the death penalty. In fact, most of the Ten Commandments required death if voluntarily, maliciously broken. Israel fought wars that included killing. Ehud slew Eglon with a dagger. Samuel hewed Agag in pieces. And David rocked Goliath's head. If someone breaks into your home and has intentions of harming, killing, and violating your family, you have every right to defend yourself. The truth is, especially in the Old Testament, there is a lot of killing and being killed in the Bible. So how do we reconcile all of this with this commandment? Especially in regards to capital punishment and Israel's wars, the killing done there was as an act of God's judgment. We don't know the hearts of the soldiers, but the bigger intent was not cold-blooded murder. It was the judgment of God by using his people to bring it to pass. Some people may hear this and think, Aha, God broke his own commandment. God is just a big meanie who doesn't care about people. Now, if you think that, I remind you that these things that we've mentioned, they are just that, the exception. Just war is the exception. The death penalty for mass murder is the exception. Self-defense of you and your family is the exception. These exceptions do not change the meaning of the command. In fact, they enforce it. Those actions stand against those who are after what this command prohibits, cold-blooded killing and murder. Recognize the exceptions, but focus on the clear teaching of this commandment, which is simply don't kill. This includes second-degree murder, mass murder, and so on. This no doubt includes abortion as well. We may live in a society that glorifies it for the sake of choice, but if there is such a thing as taking life unjustly and maliciously, abortion is it. Well, we know that killing 
and murder is wrong. The truth is we live in a society that glorifies it. And this command reminds us that all of these avenues are wrong. Whether abortion, suicide, euthanasia, any of these things, they are wrong. But our society glorifies it in many ways. Whether in the movies that we watch, the video games we play, or the books we read, what should become unthinkable has become normal. When's the last time you were revulsed at a story of a violent murder? It should send shudders down our spine, but it may just garner the shrug of our shoulders. When did your heart break last when you heard about a mass shooting at a school or somewhere like that? When did you last grieve over the countless abortions of children? You see, as we see the top step of the ladder of the sixth commandment, it may not be the danger for us stepping onto it and killing someone. However, I think we have largely become desensitized to the top step. It doesn't bother us as much anymore. We aren't affected by it as deeply anymore. To us, I would say we must look at the top step and see it for what it is, murder. It is wrong, unholy, and a tragedy. And for us, getting off the top step may not necessarily stepping back and saying, I'm not going to kill someone now. If you're there, you need to step off and you need to turn away from that. But for most of us, it's going to be saying, God, I need to see it for how awful and how bad it truly is. So that's the top step, murder. It's wrong. It's always wrong. But we need to climb a little farther down to see what the heart of the commandment is. Because if we stop here, you and I can say, I've got this commandment. Most of us can say, well, I've never killed anybody. I'm good. But Jesus won't let us stay there. We may say, oh, yeah, I've got that one down. No problem. But when you move inward, you find there's a heart matter in this commandment. Jesus doesn't let us off so easily. We're like a fish swimming around, escaping a few hooks, not realizing that there's already a poison in our hearts. Rather than having this commandment down pat, you never know how deeply and maliciously we have broken it. In the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus tears down an outward man-centered religion to show that the religion of his people is a heart religion, which means we both break and keep these commandments at the heart level. We need to flick over to Matthew 5, verses 21 to 24 to see this. When Jesus said, You've heard that it was said of them by them of old time, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar, and there rememberst that thy brother hath ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, go thy way, first be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Jesus unravels the fullest meaning of this command to show that it doesn't begin with your finger on the trigger, but when you think, I can't stand that person. Mixed into the hands and feet, resulting in shed blood, but its origin is in the heart. Its origin is hatred and anger. You don't even have to say it to his face or behind her back. You can say it within your heart. Jesus teaches that we break the sixth commandment when there is unjust hatred and bitterness harbored in our heart. Now, when we realize this, the truth is none of us are off the hook. We may think I've never killed anybody, but when you realize there have been many times when you and I both have murdered someone in our heart, we are not off the hook. There's also another 
heart layer to the way we break this commandment. It's when we do or desire anything that may result in the harm or undoing of another person. I hope that idiot driver ends up in a ditch. I hope that jerk gets what's coming to him. I can't believe she treated me like that. I hope she has an awful day. You see, we don't break the sixth commandment just when we pull the trigger. We break the sixth commandment when we wish that someone would pull the trigger or that wrong in general would come upon somebody. At the heart of this commandment is the desire for wrong to come upon another person unjustly. It is the desire for the demise and undoing of another. And if we think about it, and if we're honest, we have murdered in our heart more times than we realize. We truly never know how deeply and fully we have broken this commandment. So then, we need to get off the ladder. Because we've started at the top and seen that murder is the top step. It is the pinnacle of this, breaking this commandment. But as we go down and we see what is at the heart of it, the heart of it is that it's a heart matter. And it's about how we desire and what we do to others. So how do we get off? Because this is the ladder we don't need to be on. We need to get away from it. We need to get off of it. How do we not break the sixth commandment? We get off of it by seeing what the antithesis of it is. If this is what it means to break it, then to keep this commandment is to do and desire the opposite. It is to desire and do the best for your fellow man. Rather than treating unkindly, we show grace and mercy. Rather being than being tight-fistedly angry, we freely give out forgiveness. Rather than watching a brother or sister struggle, we do whatever we can to help them. If killing someone is the final and ultimate act of doing wrong to someone, then the positive side of this commandment is to do good. Instead of seeking someone's hurt, we seek their good. We seek their very best. The sixth commandment tells us negatively what not to do to our neighbor. Don't kill. But it also tells us positively what to do to our neighbor. The very best. Now this command requires something of us. We can't shake it off, ignore it, and say, oh yeah, I've got that. This command require, doesn't just require a passive non-breaking of it. It requires that we actively keep it by desiring and doing the best to our neighbor. We want them to see and know the goodness of God. The truth is we are all and all have been murderers at heart. We get angry unjustly. We hate those made in the image of God and those remade in the image of Christ through salvation. Yet in Christ, we need to put away the old man who wants to murder in heart and in deed. But we also look to Christ who has never murdered in his heart. In fact, he was murdered for us. He died for us murderers. For those of us who don't want the best for people, when they do wrong to us, we want the very worst for them. We see him and what he has done for us. And now as new creatures in Christ, we seek to actively obey this commandment by desiring the best for our neighbor and doing the best for them. Thank you for listening to this week's edition of the Taught by Grace podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, I hope you will consider subscribing and leaving a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to it on. So I hope you will join me next week on the next edition of the Taught by Grace podcast.